Well, hello, my friends. Welcome to Hope for Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett. Welcome to the Friday broadcast. Another week. Here it is, Friday, and Sunday is coming, right? Well, today, to wrap up the week, I want to talk about the blessability factor. Have you ever wondered why some people, it appears they are more blessed than other people? It doesn't really make sense, does it? But there is a reason for that. We're going to look at Psalm 1 today. And I'm going to give you six factors that will determine the level of blessing in your life. I guess you could call them character traits of the blessed life. Well, let's read Psalm 1. It's just a short psalm, six verses long. And Psalm 1, verse number 1, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the river's edge that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Now, the ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff, which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous, For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Wow, what a powerful short little psalm. Now, the word blessed is used in the King James Bible 522 times. The Hebrew word for the word blessed is barak, barak. It is used 26 times in the book of Psalms. It is in a reference that is using to praise God. It is used, and it's used to mean to be happy or to make happy. In other words, we are most happy when Jesus is most praised. Now, when we look at Psalm 1, it begins by saying, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. So the first point of the blessability factor is God loves to bless those who listen to godly advice. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, So we can say just the opposite. When you walk in the counsel of the godly, when you take godly advice, you hear and obey or follow godly advice, you are blessed. In Deuteronomy 33, 29, Moses said of Israel, Blessed are you, Israel, who is like you, a people saved by the Lord. A reminder that we are blessed because we are saved by the Lord. We are blessed because we have accepted salvation given to us by the Lord. Now, with this comes the fact that we are no longer living for ourselves. Paul says in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live myself, but Christ lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So if you really want to be blessed by God, listen to God the advice. You see, godly advice can only come from a person living a godly life. The term godly refers to having an inward devotion for God that is outwardly displayed. In other words, I'm changed on the inside, and it is manifested in how I live my life. In Proverbs 12, 26, it says, The godly give good advice to their friends, but the wicked lead them astray. So listen to godly advice. It will raise the level of blessing in your life. 
Number two, the blessed life is the life that avoids the ways of sinners. Verse one, the second part says, nor stands in the path of sinners. In Proverbs 4.14, it says, do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. So not only do you listen to good godly advice, but you avoid the ways in which the sinners are going. That's why there's certain things that, as believers, that we do not engage in. There's certain activities that we do not go to. There's certain events that we don't attend. Why? Because we are not standing in the path of sinners. We're not going down that path that sinners are going, so we don't want to be going down that same area. Now, as we look at this, in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, it says, don't be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. So avoiding the way of sinners means that we don't get trapped up in the sins of others. Because as followers of Christ, we see the danger and we avoid that danger. We kind of see where things are going. And now most of us have lived the life of a sinner long enough to know when you're going down the path of sinners, right? You can tell when you're going down that wrong path. You can sense that enticement, right? Uh, you, so I'm leaving, right? Uh, my life verse is 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And as we look at 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it reminds us that God provides a way of escape. And that way of escape is the route we take so that we are not overwhelmed with temptation. Paul says, you know, every temptation is common to man, but God's faithful. He's not going to allow us to be tempted beyond that which we are able, but will provide a way of escape. So if you want to live a blessed life, not only do you listen to good advice of godly people, but you avoid the path of sinners. Number three, the blessed life is one who rejects the scoffers. We're still in verse number one. The last part of verse number one says, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Now, this suggests that there's a certain line, right? To sit in the seat of the scornful from the verse above means to dwell in the seat of judgment, passing judgment in scorn and ridiculing others, holding them in derision. According to Life in Christ Ministries, the seat of the mockers refers to those who mock, scorn, or ridicule the people of God or the things of God. Now, can I be painfully honest? One of the things that bothered me during the COVID crisis, there were some believers who, who were standing up and, and not taking the vaccine. And the reason they were not taking the vaccine is because they felt their conscience was prohibiting them from taking that injection. Many people scorned them for doing that. I stood up for them. And uh, I says, if you don't want to take the vaccine and you want a religious exemption from it, I will write you a letter. And uh, we have a guy that's now on our staff that lost his job because he refused to take the vaccine. And what bothered me is many Christians were scoffing other Christians for not taking the vaccine. Well, this verse is very clear that we're not to sit in the seat of the scornful. A scoffer against God or the ways of God or the people of God is something that is done incrementally, usually, and gradually. You know, the first time we see this in our Bible is in Genesis chapter 13. 
And if you look at Genesis chapter 13, we see that Abraham is with Lot. Lot was his nephew, right? And here we see that Lot actually scoffs or scorns Abraham, right? They had two places of land and they were blessed. And so they were going to divide up their crops and divide up their herds. And so Abraham takes the high road and he says, look, there are two places here. You pick one, I'll pick the other. You go, you get first choice. And we discover here, Lot lifted up his eyes and he saw that the Jordan Valley was well watered everywhere like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt in the direction of Zor. Now, this was the land before it was destroyed, the land of Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chooses for himself all the Jordan Valley, and he journeys east. He saw something, he chose it, and then he moved in that direction. Abraham settled in the land of Canaan, while Lot settled among the cities of the valley and had his tents as far as Sodom. Now, you see the progression here? First, he sees the land, he's attracted to it, then he chooses it. And then he pitches his tent right up against the border of Sodom. Then he moves in toward it, and he's right on the outskirts of Sodom. You see what the big deal is about? Well, we look at Genesis 13, 13. Now, the men of Sodom were wicked, great sinners against the Lord. In chapter number 14 of Genesis, we see that there's a confederation of kings that make war against Sodom and Gomorrah, and they end up capturing Sodom and Gomorrah. Verse 12 of chapter 14 tells us, they also took Lot, the son of Abraham's brother, who was dwelling in Sodom. See the progression here? It's incremental. First he saw it, then he was attracted to it, then he chose it, then he journeyed in that direction, then he moved his tent as far as Sodom, and now we see he's actually living in Sodom. You see, when we begin to compromise step by step by step, we are getting further away from God and closer to the enemy. That is those who scoff. Well, it even goes further than that. In chapter number 18 of Genesis, God sends angels to tell Abraham about his plan to overthrow Sodom and Gomorrah because they are such wicked cities. And then in chapter 19, verse number one, the two angels came to Sodom in the evening and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. Now, what does this mean? He had been living in Sodom. Now he's sitting in the gate of Sodom. Well, the gate of the city is where the politics took place. That's where the city council would meet. That's where the city fathers would meet and discuss things. Apparently, Lot had become part of the establishment, part of the leadership of Sodom. He'd become maybe a respected businessman in Sodom. That's where business deals were made. He's now with the movers and the shakers and the leaders and decision makers of Sodom. You know what else he's doing? He's sitting in the seat of the scoffers. The men of Sodom were wicked. They were great sinners against the Lord. So what in the world is Lot doing sitting in the gate of Sodom? And you see how it had been in that progression going toward that direction. One thing led to another. As you read that progression, you can't help but wonder why the New Testament calls Lot a righteous man. It's a mystery in a way. It's a mystery in a way that some people who generally have faith in Christ make some very unwise and foolish choices. But 2 Peter 2.2 tells us, As that righteous man Lot lived among them day after day, he was tormenting his righteous soul over their lawless deeds that he saw 
and he heard. So here's a man who had a battle going on inside him, as many of you are going through on inside of you right now. So the scripture says he was righteous. But how was he righteous? Well, the only way any of us can be righteous is by the gracious gift of God working through our faith, weak as that faith may have been, but even as a follower of God, Lot did not diligently guard his heart. He fueled that thirst and that appetite for things of this world. He tried living with one foot in the kingdom of God and the other foot inside of a corrupt culture, and as a result, he led his family into a sordid love affair with the world. His daughters married men who were disdainful of Lot's spiritual beliefs, and they rejected his pleas to them to escape the coming judgment. And then after fleeing Sodom, his daughters schemed to get their father drunk and then took turns sleeping with him so they wouldn't be childless. You see, Lot paid a high price for walking in the counsel of the ungodly and for standing in the way of sinners, and for sitting in this seat of scoffers. And by the way, just a notice here that when you walk in the pathway of the ungodly, you don't walk there alone. You always take others with you. So if you want to be blessed, you must, number one, live your life by listening to godly advice. Number two, avoid the way of the sinners. Number three, reject scoffers. Don't join the scoffers. Don't cozy up with them. Reject the scoffers. And then number four, delight in the Lord's commands. Now, notice it doesn't just say know the Lord's commands, but you are to delight in the law of the Lord. Psalm 1, verse number 2. The psalmist also said in Psalm 112, verse number 1, Praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord who find great delight in his commands. Psalm 37, 4 says, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Jesus says, Whoever drinks of the water that I give them will never thirst. And indeed, the water that I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Well, I've got another point I've got to give you. If you want to be one who is blessed and living a blessed life, you got to meditate on his ways. Verse number two, and in his law, he meditates day and night. I love what Joshua was reminded of as he's leading the people. He says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Meditate on his ways. In Luke chapter 6, Jesus says, you know, the good man brings good things out of the good store up in his heart, but the evil man brings up evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of the heart, his mouth speaks. Well, when I think about the blessed life and how God blesses us, we know there are some major understandings of what happens when you're living a blessed life. Did you know that if you're living the blessed life, that you are living a life that is well-nourished? Look at verse number three. 
He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, constantly being nourished. Another result of living a blessed life is that that we produce fruit in the right season that brings forth its fruit in its season. You see, you can't always be producing. We only produce fruit in that right season. The blessed life is also the life that recognizes that as I'm living my life, I should always be growing. It says, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Now notice that God says, whatever he does shall prosper. It would be wrong to make this just about finances. It is about so much more than that. It's about everything in your life. By the same token, although it might sound very pious and very spiritual, it is just as wrong to think that financial prosperity is somehow excluded from the promise of God. Whatever includes everything, whatever he does shall prosper. Now, this is not just an Old Testament promise, as some have supposed it to be, as if God does not want to do the same thing for us in the New Testament. The Apostle John demonstrates the will of God for us when he says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. The blessings of God on those who love him is for every area of life today, just as it's always been. There's something else that we can notice about the blessed life. Those who are blessed are known by the Lord. Verse number six, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous. Kind of reminds me of what Jesus said, right? John 10, 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and I am known by them. But as you think about being known by the Lord, if you are known by the Lord, there's some really good results in your life. You know, you are unstoppable if you're known by the Lord, for the Lord knows the way of the righteousness. Now, there are some results of an unblessed life. And maybe today, as you're listening to me, you're saying, I can't live up to this level that is given to us. Maybe you're looking at your life and your life is unblessed. One of the results of an unblessed life is that your life is not stable. The instability of your life, the ungodly are not so, but they are like chaff, which the wind drives away. Ungodliness is compared to the chaff, the useless outer shell of grain. You know, the chaff had to be separated from the good grain. The worthless had to be removed from that which had value. The reaper would crush the grain, then he'd toss it up into the air, allowing the breeze to blow away the chaff and catching the good grain in a sieve. God likened this chaff to the ungodly, a double-minded man who is unstable in all of his ways. He's a man who wants to do right, and when it's pleasing to do right, and, and he wants to do right if it's good for him, but it's not part of his day-to-day living. He's kind of got one foot in the world and one foot in the church. The results of an unblessed life is that you're unstable. The results of an unblessed life is that you're also unable to stand 
in judgment. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in judgment. You're also not able to stand up in righteousness. It says, nor sinners in the congregation of the unrighteous. And you're not going to be known by God. But the way of the ungodly shall perish. You see, Jesus was very clear, and he says, Not anyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he that does the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and and in your name cast out devils, and in thy name did wonderful works, and I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. You know, as I think about unable to stand in the judgment, this is probably referring to the great white throne judgment in Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 and 12, where John says, I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and uh, there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, and which was the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. As I think about the judgment falling upon those who are not blessed, you can avoid all that. You don't have to go down that path. You can be living the blessed life. You can be one who is always growing, whose leaf will never wither, and whatever you do will prosper. It requires five simple things. Number one, if you want to live the blessed life, would you listen to godly advice? Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Maybe you need a good pastor in your life. Maybe you need a good small group leader in your life who can speak godly truth and advice to your life. Listen to them. You see, godly advice can only come from a person living a godly life. Number two, avoid the way of sinners. You know, there's been a a recent pastor who talked about uh, giving advice to a person going to a same-sex marriage. You know, as followers of Christ, we avoid the way of sinners. We cannot attend a ceremony that is dishonoring to God. We don't stand in the path of sinners hoping to reach sinners. You don't become a sinner to reach a sinner. You become like Christ in order to reach sinners. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. Number three, if you want to live the blessed life, you've got to reject the scoffers. Reject those who sit in the seat of the scornful. You know, don't associate those who are making fun of other believers and and making fun of the way of Christ, scoffing the things of God. You know, when I think about scoffers, they scorn, they ridicule the people of God or the things of God. We are to reject scoffers. We're not to stand or sit in the seat of scoffers. And then number four, we are to delight in the Lord's commands. Delight in the law of God. Delight in the word of God. And as you do that, you're going to discover that God's commands are not, they're not grievous, right? They're not heavy. And then number five, meditate on his ways. Meditate in his laws day and night. Well, we finished up another week. 
Thank you so much for joining me. I want to invite you to come to worship with us. Uh, we are doing a series called Unshakable Hope, and I'd love to have you join me this Sunday at Hickory Ridge Community Church. Our first service is at 9, our second service is at 1045. It'd be a joy to have you. We have children's ministries and both services. In our second service, we have a, a youth Sunday school class. Boy, I would love to see you this weekend. We are within 45 minutes of everybody who lives in Southampton Roads. Come on and join us at Hickory Ridge Community Church, 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. And also, I want to pray for you. As we enter into a new weekend, you know, Easter's only about a month away. And uh, I want you to be making plans right now to worship the Lord on Resurrection Sunday. But maybe there's something that's weighing heavy on your heart. And you need somebody to pray and intercede on your behalf. Would you shoot a text to me? 252-267-2365. I'd be honored to pray for you. And I will pray believing that God can bring about victory in your life. Well, don't forget to be in worship on Sunday. God bless you. Thank you for listening today. Drive safe as you head on home this afternoon. Thank you so much for joining me today. Have a wonderful weekend. If you'd like to hear this broadcast again, you can have a free download at buzzsprout.com backslash 1890557, or you can listen on Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, go to hrcc7.org. And remember, no matter what you're going through, in Jesus Christ there is always hope for your heart.